This is Rachel Lappin, Project Manager for Calderdale Cultural Destinations. Welcome to day 12 of Anne Lister's Birthday Diary Entries, read aloud by some of our friends with connections to Anne from Halifax and all around the world. And so now I am thrilled to hand you over to our 23rd and final reader, reading the diary entry for 1840. And so over to... This is Anne Choma, lead consultant on HBO BBC's Gentleman Jack, reading Anne Lister's birthday diary entry for 1840. It's her final birthday diary entry to remember Anne on what would have been her 230th birthday. Happy birthday, Anne. Thursday, 3rd of April, 1840. Slept very comfortably in our kibitka. Best night I have had since Kisliar and I feel rested and refreshed. Anne came at six to wish me many happy returns of my birthday. Roused up, washed a little, in the kibitka. Breakfast about seven or after. Then came the settling about départ. The loueur de chevaux not willing to go without escort. Monsieur le commander, who was here yesterday, having been sent to, refuses the two Cossacks this morning. Then came out the pith of the story. Had I given him something, all would have been right, but he not the man. Must send to the chef de Cossacks. Our host will go with us. Agreed that he and three more should go for 20 shillings each, and I would pay the Ducur for permission, equal to 20 shillings. Gave a half gold imperial, equal to 18 shillings and two, plus 60 Swedish krona, equal to two shillings and ten. Our host set off before eight to arrange the matter. George had explained last night the courier's sham illness. It seems, the man told our host, he was very foolish not to be ill and leave us at Astrakhan. He told George yesterday morning he should be ill and said this before and he had arranged everything with the maitre de poste here and would set off on Saturday with a post. Therefore, his journey will cost him nothing. Nobody's having any pity for him. Tis now 10.5 and no return of our people from the chef de Cossacks. What does all this mean? Tis now 11.50. The money got the permission. The man returned about 11. A funeral today of a Cossack officer, therefore perhaps the delay, but too late to set off today. We could not arrive at a good sleeping place to be off at 8 a.m. tomorrow. I'd given our host one shilling two in advance, that is 40 shillings, and have given our Volney man 50 shillings in account and five shillings yesterday, equal to 55 shillings in account of 130 shillings. Domna, terribly frightened, reassured her. The shirkers treat women very ill, afraid of having her throat cut or the Lord knows what. Said they would take good care of us, or I would rachete us all. Ordered a little taliga and a pair of horses to drive out a little. It seems our courier can go when he pleases, has no need of his billet passport. The postmaster here sends him off with the post, and that is enough. Not aware he could thus leave us so easily at any moment after Astrakhan. Have just written the last ten lines now at 11.55. Fine day. What a pity the petit mon here has posited us. Anne and I sat talking in the kibitka till the taliga was ready. Three horses took Domna and George and off at one and a half. We sitting on mattress on the hay and they with the driver and a hobbledehoy youth drove direct to the fortress built by Potemkin in the time of Catherine II. 
a handsome triumphal sort of ionic brick gateway and a largish house-like line of building. This must have been good barracks for a couple of thousand men in their day. This end of the wall cracked, otherwise the spars of the roof still up and the building, if wanted, repairable, but useless it seems, given to build a church. A sentinel close by over two or three mat-covered huts of farine for the soldiers. The soldiers' hospital near a largish, low-line, one-storey cottage-like building. Also the decent small house of a surgeon, or perhaps George meant by this, sergeant, for he afterwards pointed out another decent house, good for these parts, occupied by a surgeon slash sergeant of Cossacks. View of the mountains through the mist, then re-enter the wattled town. The fortress originally mounded and fossed round. Enter a large open space where the ostrog, a wood house with sentry box at the door, near a neat wood house, partly yellow washed ecole, then a neat, nice looking wood green roofed white house, that is, with projecting pediment in front of two stories of four columns, each a common form of house in Russia, formerly inhabited by General dot 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 dot, now by the Colonel of the Cossacks, who gave us 20 shillings for permission. Another neat white green roofed house inhabited by another Cossack officer. And in fact, all the tolerable houses inhabited by Cossacks of higher or lower rank. Terrible mud. Then straight along our Yaranskoy street. Our house certainly the best of the mere cottages. And then along the market street. Full as good as that at Kislia. Saw one or two little linen draper shops. A grocer's, ditto etc etc then turned left and drove up near the vladikavkaz gate in the barn door style as usual and stood up in our taliga at two and a half the bit of fast going trotting at first had covered us with mud and given us a proper jolting Anne sketched half hour and i wrote little notes and sketched outline of mountains and ditto and the good wood house in the style of the one sketched but larger two storeys and four columns. Pediment and good wings on each side, formerly inhabited by a general, but now used as a temporary depot of prisoners. All the Cherkas sent to Stavropol. Fine wall of mountains stretching in a long line south of town. Its pointed, jagged dentile, serrated, broken crete, seen more or less above the thick Amoncelles nuages. Outline of Caucasus from the Vladikavkaz gate at Ekaterinograd. 105 versts off, said our use of a driver. I should think 20 to 30 versts at most. Wood willows on the hill just below us down to the river, where the bitter flat and wide yellow reedy marais on the other side will be all covered with water a month hence. Now the river near the marais, seen from where we stood but went to the gate just above the river at the other end of the town afterwards just before coming in, drove through the gate by which we entered on Tuesday and passed the Isbar where Madame Grower was after much trouble in hunting about for a place. She and Femme de Chambre and Domestique and the Shirkers and all the family in one room as we are, but much worse than ours. On the ground, mud floor and dirty. We are a few steps above ground, board floor and clean people. They swept the floor this morning three times almost before we had well done breakfast. Mozdok is indeed a good town in these parts with its three churches, here but one. 
wood and tolerably large and good and towery and picturesque, but Kislyar is the city. In fact, these places are long streets, some tolerably wide, some narrow, of reed-thatched wood, white-smeared isbars, with several at Kislyar, fewer at Mosdok, and still fewer here of decent houses. Fevers prevalent here. Well they may. So much moray. Much fish. Chiefly a redfish, rare at Moscow. Inquired for it, none in the market to get Gudron and everything at Vladikavkaz. Have just written so far now at 4.50, then sat reading Schnitzler till now 6.35. Anne preparing hasty pudding and tea, the former to celebrate my birthday. The woman of the house poorly, sore throat and headache since this morning, but now making bread. Yesterday morning, early boiling water was poured on bran and let stand till evening. Then the woman's servant squeezed it through her hands and the result, the farinaceous, milky-looking liquid, was put away and has stood till now where the woman makes a thick batter of it and then leaves it to stand all night in the oven, mouth in a pot with a wood cover over it to be baked in the morning. White bread. Therefore, bread making is an affair of two days and two nights before ready for baking. Tea about six and three quarters, and I then sat in the kibitka, musing and half asleep. Anne came when all was ready for the night, and she and I settled, and lay down to sleep about 9.50. George had shut us up ten minutes before, but we had little matters to arrange afterwards. Fine day.